Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Father Andrew Mattingly. I am a Catholic priest in Kansas City, Missouri, and this is a podcast where I post homilies and random other stuff that I might teach or speak about. Hope you find something useful and maybe even inspiring. God bless you. Well, this morning we enter the liturgical twilight zone. At least it feels that way because uh, in about 10 hours, if you were to come back here for the 9 p.m. Christmas Eve vigil, the church will look nothing like this with the nativity scene and decorations everywhere. Uh, The atmosphere will be one of great joy. I don't know if the weather's going to be any better, but but at least inside the church, uh, things will be quite different. So this fourth week of Advent is uh, pretty short. So it's kind of an odd moment here on this Sunday morning to still be in Advent, and yet, you know, everyone has, has Christmas on their mind. I do hope, though, that between now and whatever Christmas Mass you end up going to, that you can still at least attempt to live as, as best you're able in a spirit of preparation and, and even mortification. I will say that uh, if you've already eaten all of your Christmas cookies, then you get an F. <laughs> Uh, better luck next year. <laughs> um, okay, as we make final preparations to celebrate uh, the birth of our Lord, the gospel that we're given on this last Sunday in Advent uh, is, takes us back uh, nine months prior to Christmas to the moment of the Annunciation where the angel Gabriel appears to our Blessed Mother. Um, So we kind of shift our attention this morning from Bethlehem, where he was born, to Nazareth, where he was conceived, um, to a young woman who receives this message that she is going to be given the vocation of nothing less than being the mother of the eternal Son of God. Uh, An astonishing moment. In fact, It's the most significant moment in the history of mankind, God becoming flesh, right? So I want to talk just very briefly this morning about how in this exchange between Gabriel and Mary, we see exemplified in a particular way on Mary's part, the virtue of humility. So I just want to ponder that with you a little bit. And particularly that her humility shines forth at the very end of this conversation with the angel where she utters her famous fiat. She says, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to thy word. Why is that comment that sort of closes the conversation with the angel, why is that, those words of Mary, why are they so full of humility? To understand that, we have to look back a little bit in the conversation with the angel. And we have to really develop an appreciation for the news that was just delivered to Mary. So prior to her saying, you know, behold, I'm the handmaid or the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to thy word. Mary just received news, as I mentioned a second ago, that she was going to be given the vocation of being the mother of God incarnate. That's a wild wild piece of news to receive. And there is no vocation in the history of mankind as lofty 
as the one given to Mary in that moment. To literally provide the human nature for God himself. It's an absolutely incredible thing. In addition to that, because she is going to be the mother of God incarnate, by consequence, because the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, is the one through whom God created the universe. God the Father, we say, created the universe through His Son and in the Holy Spirit. Because the universe was created through the Son, and now Mary is becoming mother of the eternal Son of God, a consequence of this is that she now becomes mother, in a sense, of the entire created order, the entire universe. She becomes not just the queen mother of some little Middle Eastern kingdom like the queen mothers in the Old Testament, but she is now the queen mother of the vast expanses uh, that are the, the entire created order, the entire universe. And to top it off, she was also immaculately conceived. So if you take these, these three statuses or dignities bestowed upon Mary by God, immaculately conceived, mother of the eternal Son of God, queen mother of the entire universe, this is a trifecta that is really unfathomable. The statuses, the vocation, the dignities granted to Mary in these different realms far surpass anything that anyone else in the history of the world has ever been given by God in terms of a vocation or a mission or a status. And yet here Mary is standing before the angel, Gabriel, and what does she call herself? She says, Behold the handmaid or servant of the Lord. Now, for someone who's just been given the task of being the mother of God incarnate, to then turn around and say, Here I am, a servant, a lowly handmaid is really a, an astonishing thing to hear from her lips. It's, it's quite difficult to fathom the distance <laughs> between being the mother of God and being just a servant. But that's what Mary calls herself. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. The humility involved in Mary calling herself that after the news that she's just received, is equally unfathomable. The humility of the Blessed Virgin Mary is something that should cause us to scratch our heads a little bit and certainly to think very hard <laughs> about our own life and ask the question, do I have even, even an iota <laughs> of that kind of humility? The only person in the history of the world with greater humility, obviously, is her son, who, as St. Paul says, though he was in the form of God, deemed not equality with God something to be grasped at, but emptied himself, taking the form of what? A slave or a servant. 
The only humility greater than Mary's is God himself coming down and also taking the form of a servant. And the same dynamic is at play in the lives of each of us because when you and I were baptized, we were taken from just a normal status of being a, you know, just a normal human being created by God where already there's an extraordinary amount of dignity because we're in God's image and likeness. But in baptism, we were taken from that, that status, if you will, and we were raised up to a status beyond anything that we can possibly fully understand in this life. We were given the status of belonging to God's intimate divine family, of becoming his son or his daughter, of inheriting the same inheritance that God's natural son, Jesus, inherits. We're we're brought in from outside the family, so to speak, to become adopted children of God. It's a status that far surpasses any earthly status you could possibly think of. It's not nearly the, the, the statuses and the dignities granted to Mary, but it is still beyond our wildest dreams that God would would do something uh, this wonderful for us. And this being lifted up from this very lowly status to the status of being divine royalty, belonging to God's family, that, that happened in baptism. We received in that moment what you might call a, a room reservation in heaven, so long as we stay faithful. We received new and profound graces, we received a participation in God's own life, even here on earth. We don't have to wait till heaven for that. It's limited in this life. It's not perfected. But even in this life, in a state of grace, post-baptism, we are participating in the divine life of God. We received in baptism the King Himself, God coming to dwell in our souls. the loftiness to which we were raised in that sacrament is something truly extraordinary. But with all of that said, just like Mary, it is extremely important that having been raised to this lofty status, we never forget that when we stand before God on our own strength, in other words, when we stand before God based on who we are of ourselves, aside from the gifts that he's given us, when we stand before him sort of spiritually naked, so to speak, who are we? We're just simple servants. That status didn't go away when we were baptized, even though we were given these lofty, lofty dignities in baptism. The status of being a servant didn't go away. Instead, what happens is now we get to be a servant of God from within his own family. And that should be something that provides us with immense joy. Now I am a son of God. I'm part of the household. I'm not the person walking on the sidewalk through the neighborhood on Christmas Eve and watching all the other families and enjoy each other's company inside. No. I am inside the home where there's warmth and light and cheerfulness. That's where we were placed in baptism. 
But it doesn't mean that we're not still servants. So even though we have this lofty status, we have to remain humble. Just as Mary, when she was told, hey, you're about to become the mother of God, which means that you're also going to be the queen of the entire cosmos, she still called herself a servant. So let us place ourselves at the feet of the Lord and and repeat with our Blessed Mother, Behold, I am the handmaid, the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to thy word.